brain, sweet squishy brains all seem to say, Dad, come and play. Brain. Day is here, death must be near. Poor young and old, brains. must be the old. Brains, 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 rotting remains, brains, zombies, scenes, all shambling. Hear people plead, groans while we feed from everywhere, filling the air. Oh, how they cry, 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 you're listening to the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. Hi, my name is Robin, and I'm the type of guy you can get away with just saying hi and introducing myself. Uh, I'm Stephanie, and I'm just a girl in a mask doing her civic duty. <laughs> <laughs> and that is so not the one I thought you were going to do. Oh, really? I thought it was obvious you were going to do thick, thick, or whatever. <laughs> thick with vengeance or something? Yeah. Uh, we do have someone here who might be thick with vengeance. Uh, uh, Hunter, welcome to our show. Hi, I'm Hunter, and there's no hope for any of us. <laughs> oh, there really isn't after this episode. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for being on the show. Uh, so you've been uh, watching from the beginning, Hunter? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big fan. Big fan. That's awesome. Big DC total, fan? Total, 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 big fan. Mm-hmm. And do you like the comics? Do you have to check out the comics? I, I do. I, yeah, I really like I really liked the iZombie comics. Um, the, in this episode specifically, I'm so glad that this is the episode I got yeah, to right? be on. Because they, they, did, they did the, uh, the Chris Robertson, uh, Mike Allred name. Because like, that's one of the – all right, so super nerd here, right? <laughs> Um, one of my favorite things that they do in comic book television shows is they take uh, au- like author or creator names, um, so author and uh, artist names, and they either combine them or take their names and make them into something like on Arrow, which I just happened to do an Arrow TV talk podcast. That's right. Yep. Um, Diggle is a writer's last name, and his name is Andy Diggle, and uh, Diggle's character on Arrow, his brother's name is Andrew, so there you go, Andy Diggle. <laughs> this week we got, uh, I think they went Christopher Allred, not Chris Allred, but Christopher Allred, so that's uh, Chris Robertson and Mike Allred. Right. Fun. Yeah. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let me ask y'all this. Is being a vigilante, is it ridiculous or is it noble? It's a combination. I mean, if you want to put the outfit on, um, it might be it might lean towards the ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, because there are the, this this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. There yeah, are it people, is a real thing. Like I know that there is one in uh, San Diego, or was uh, you know back a few years ago. But somebody that dresses up and goes out yeah. and tries to stop fi- uh, stop crime, like yeah. it's really sad. It's on one hand, it's sad. Well, the only reason that I find it sad is because uh-huh. they don't really do much, and that's the thing. And that's where that's when they uh, when the uh, the team got together in the police station in this episode. They're just like, "I'm not going to do that," and it's just like that's the whole point. Like, you need to do that. Yeah. Like, that's your whole that's your whole deal. You need, you need to go, to go after, for it if you're yeah. You're like, go, go for, all go the for way, it. jump off a building, get some high tech, and like do all that. Dress up in a costume. Like, it doesn't have to be like super goofy. And I think you're talking about Phoenix Jones. Yeah, that's Seattle, yeah. isn't it? Isn't Seattle? Yeah. So there you go. Back to the show. Uh, uh, yeah, but it's 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 sort of a combination between like sick and depraved, sad and uh, heroic, and it's it's really all equal parts every single bit of that. Because <laughs> yeah. like you can't like there's not. I mean, there's the whole Watchmen aspect of it. You know, um, there's there's something missing there. You know, it's like when you're when you're going out to. When you're dressing in leather or spandex or something, it's very it's very uh, 
fetish based, no matter what. Um, so that's the, where the, uh, you know, the sexual depravity comes from. And then, well, I mean, seriously, you have seriously. thought about this. <laughs> no, I think about a lot of stuff in a lot of detail, but so there's that, but like, you know, you're honestly trying to do some good. You're trying to protect people. So that's obviously a noble aspect, right. you know, but part of that's for yourself. And, you know, if you're, if you're not, you're very much disconnected from a lot of, you know, humanity. So there comes the sadness. So it's really equal parts. Yeah. I've done research. <laughs> I'm just kind of starting to wonder if you are a vigilante, sir. I'm not. But to say, to say, if you ask me if I would ever consider it, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, if, if, you know, if the mood's set right, then yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I, the thing with, with Batman is he, like, they're in a hopeless situation where the authorities can't help. Because, but like, to me, in, you know, we have society, we have rules. There is law, there is order. But I guess if you're living in a society where law and order is thrown out the window, then somebody needs to do something. And so it's, it's kind of selfless to do it in that case. Now, are we about to talk politics? No. No, because that's, that's, no, a, no. that's a whole different road. That we, <laughs> no, I know we that can, you and I can, could go down that road completely. <laughs> we can get on to talking about the episode. <laughs> Let's do well, that. Well, how about we do the news first? I'll just try to keep some oh, sort of okay. structure. <laughs> uh, obviously, we have to get into our do our weekly ratings discussion. Um, I didn't have the ratings last week. It, it was uh, uh, the ratings did get a boost uh, from a series low to a season high. Uh, last week with a 0.6 and a 1.5 million viewers for the Hurt Stalker. Uh, but Cape Town ended up with a 0.5 and 1.3 million viewers. So the ratings took another dip again. Well, we still have a smiley face on TV by the numbers. So, And I actually did some, I did some research on this also. And it really looks like uh, the show just like quadruples in, uh, in Hulu and uh, DVR reviews. Mm-hmm. So. That's good. That's awesome. And yeah, and they're starting to pay attention to that more. So yeah, and uh, I, I definitely took notice that iZombie's been making many end of the year lists. Um, I got Pop Crush, EW, Film School Rejects, Variety, um, Yahoo said uh, Zombie Bro was one of their twenty six best episodes of two thousand fifteen. Yeah, that was a really good episode. <laughs> MTV and Yahoo both recognized Ravi as one of the best TV characters this year. Oh, that's great. Uh, Yeah. So they're getting all sorts of extra press, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. And the CW is a show, is a a network for younger people. And so millennials do not watch television. So (laughs) that makes sense that they watch it on Hulu or time shifted or Mm -hmm. whatever. And that's what I do too. I mean, I definitely didn't watch this episode live, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? You didn't do your part? Yeah. No. Well, no, I don't watch it live. I mean, I'm giving to the Hulu numbers, you know? Um, I, pay, I pay that fee, okay? So it should be counted. There you go. <laughs> I also wanted to mention that the iZombie Omnibus is out now. That costs you uh, 75 bucks if you get it, like, full price. Collects all 28 issues of iZombie, which is... Why did I just buy all four of the trades? <laughs> I, you know, I did that when I, we, we actually reviewed the comics in uh, four installments of this podcast, and I bought all four trades back then. Um, but, uh, folks, if you're looking for something awesome to do during the hiatus, buy this Omnibus and uh, go back and check out those old podcasts, and uh, you'll hear... Me and Steph and Ashley actually talking about the comics. I believe Moira and Claire stopped by. It was good times. It seems so long ago. It does. 
Um, I also have a, a special uh, segment here. It's called the Corrections Department. Uh, oh, no. What did we do? Well, the thing is, you know, we recorded right after the episode. We watched it uh-huh. live. So, uh, yeah, there were a couple of errors um, pointed out. Um, Dan says, uh, whatever his other sins are, I'm pretty sure the police chief did not mow down any bicycles. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> said the posting on the forum was written by Liv on Stalker Brain as a means of provoking the cyclist to help her track down the vehicle or something like that, he says. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, oh, this chief's a real jerk. <laughs> yeah. He's going, just doesn't give a crap. He's just mowing down bicycles. And I thought that was kind of ridiculous when I even talked about it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I knew it wasn't right. Why did you say anything? You let me jabber on? <laughs> But to be to be fair, guys, he did seem like the the type of person to move yeah, down bicycles on a, a truck. Yeah, he wasn't a complete upstanding individual. <laughs> uh, Camille wrote and said, "Hey guys, that uh, eight dead zombies thing. Pretty sure Major killed five zombies at Meat Cute. The other three are those in the fridge. So that's what adds up to Vaughn's number of eight. Okay. So we I think we we thought maybe that might be it, but we weren't sure." Um, and uh, Franzi wrote us and said, I think Regina's knife was actually a cake server. And it was it was definitely a cake server. I went back and looked at that. Okay, yeah, I knew it was a weird-looking knife. Okay. Okay, so let's get into Cape Town. Written by Diane Ruggiero Wright and directed by the great Marzi Almas, um, who has a lot of experience in superhero shows. Um, so- of course, you're from uh, Smallville. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do believe she directed uh, the Supergirl episode, at least. I know there's I, there's several other ones, though. Um, the Supergirl episode? Yeah, the episode, you know, with Laura Vandevoort as Supergirl on the episode. So there was amazing- only one? What? I thought she was on the sh- Never mind. She had an episode called Supergirl, and she but was on... But wasn't she on the show more than just one episode? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I divided these this this uh, episode into three, so we could just kind of talk about the whole plot line all at once. Um, I got Blaine, and then the case, and then I have Major. So let's start with Blaine. That's at the top of my notes here. Um, so we start at Shady Acres, and Donnie is freaking out because he has a bleeding guy on his gurney. A guy we find out his name is Drake. Um, yeah, I was confused. I was, do we know this person? Nope. Who is this person? This and then, is the, like later, go ahead, Hunter. This is the first appearance from that guy from uh, Secret Life with the or, of the American Teenager. That's what this guy's from. Yeah, in your face. Uh, ABC Family. He was. It's, I looked at his IMDb and it was like 175 episodes he did. Like that was a big show, I guess. I, <laughs> it was a. I mean, it really was. It was dumb. But it was. I mean, that that's. Did what you watch of, it just for John Snyder? No, honestly, <laughs> no. And he like he. I think he died like the first season. Uh, and they. they uh, I don't want to. I, mean, I want to talk about Secret Life, <laughs> but I don't want to talk about Secret Life because that show was completely bonkers. <laughs> like he he died in a missionary trip while having an affair with someone else. Like that's how that's how he died. It was like it was huh. so crazy. It didn't make any sense. He's like on a. He's yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. But I did note that he was one of the stars of the uh, one season only uh, CW show Starcrossed, and uh-huh. he played a character named Drake. <laughs> so, ah, classic. okay, yeah, Cross- crossover. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I never watched. I, nobody, that show. nobody ever saw it, no. so it didn't matter, right? <laughs> 
in this uh, in this little scene, we get uh, Blaine saying an amazing Star Trek uh, line: "Damn it, Donnie, I'm a brain dealer, not a doctor," <laughs> uh, which is you know not exactly a Star Trek line, but it is funny because he's a doc. He plays a doctor on Once Upon a Time. So yeah. yeah. Um, we move on where Blaine and Donnie are bringing uh, a dying Drake to the morgue. Okay, when he comes in and Liv says, you, and he says, well, we're twins, blah, blah, blah. What does he say? Well, Liv says, you, and, and it, I, I love it. I love this guy so much because he's just like, twins. I'm Scotty's brother. You know, he, he always has to explain himself whenever he goes into the... Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. He's like, yeah, I'm twins. I get it. Twins. No, no, I know. My brother's dead. <laughs> I'm, I'm his twin. It's okay. I couldn't understand this. his lines over uh, the the squeaky sound of the yeah the, the oh, whatever that thing is gurney. It's called the squeaky thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Blaine tells the uh, the folks uh, live in the folks live in Ravi that they need to perhaps scratch uh, Drake to turn him into a zombie because we can't let him die. He knows where all the tainted utopium is. That- and Liv is so. Like she doesn't know what to do, you know. You yeah. get that was great acting, and because you could see it all over her face, she was so conflicted. And Ravi was even like, I hate to say it, but I need that tainted utopium. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that ever elusive tainted utopium. And let's hope the next when we finally find this batch of tainted utopium, that it's actually going to be the batch of tainted utopium we need, mm-hmm. not like uh, waste. Um. So yeah, one thing I had a note about this scene, I, I wrote down. Would there actually be a stethoscope in a morgue? That's what I was wondering. Do they have stethoscopes in there to make sure their bodies are dead? <laughs> I would think so because there are examples of corpses or corpses in quotation marks coming back to life. I saw it on CSI once. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the fact that also another great Donnie line where um, – Blaine's just like, you know, we got to scratch him and we'll get the tainted utopia. Just scratch him and that that way we'll get the, you know, the drugs off him. And um, Donnie's like, and uh, he'd be alive as well. <laughs> like, you know, he's, he's got a, he, you know, more importance than just. Like Donnie's worried about his welfare, not just the yeah. utopia. Um, so uh, what do you think? Should Liv have scratched Drake? Was that a good idea? She I had think give, to. Yeah, given the information that she had at the time, yeah. I would say that the answer would obviously be yes. It's this whole life that she's, you know, she's conflicted about having and putting out into the world. Is that people... Um, like, it's such a bad thing. They have to, I mean, come on. They have to eat brains, and where do they get the brains from, you know? From people, so what? Oh. They're all gonna, everybody's going to die eventually. Like, <laughs> just... <laughs> At least they're not going crazy and just eating everything, you know? But who like, knows if this going to not go crazy and eat everything. But, but also, I mean, with what Blaine is doing at the funeral home, uh-huh. I mean, is I mean, I don't know if it's been completely spelled out, but it looks like, you know, his he's taking brains from the corpses. Yeah. Which, I mean, there's no harm in that. They're already dead. Right. So, I mean, like, if he's giving them brains, it's what's the big deal? Well, I mean, it's a whole violation of their bodies, and maybe some people oh, might be unhappy about their family members being treated that way, but yeah. <laughs> they don't even, nobody has to know that. <laughs> I know, but it's still, it's still not a good thing. And for the greater good, it's, 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 for, it's for the greater good, because 
it's keeping the zombie outbreak, for, you know, uh, from you know just chaos. And I know, chaos. but what if he can't get yeah, like he, if he can't afford if he doesn't listen to Blaine and doesn't get those brains and decides to go crazy? That's on Liv. So well, Liv can shoot him in the head. Yeah, but what if she he kills some people first? Well, I'm just saying maybe she shouldn't have. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I just have a different worldview. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's go on to uh, we're back at Shady Acres and Blaine is giving the great Team Z speech to Drake, which is great. And Drake, I wrote down, he joined the uh, he's joined the Scott Bakula Hair Club for Men, like many uh, zombies do when they first turn. Probably nobody understands that joke, but you know how like in Quantum Leap, that joke. Scott I totally understand. understand Thank you. Yeah. Yes. It's been too long since I've seen Quantum Leap. Well, I mean, Scott Bakula, he's had this nice, you know, sandy brown hair, and he's got this white streak over his, like the front of his his bangs. There. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of Quantum Leap. <laughs> okay. Have you gotten to the leap home yet, though? Oh, I just actually did. Uh, just recently, I've been actually. Um, watching along with uh, my uh, cousin's podcast, the Quantum Leap podcast. Okay. Robin cool. has a cousin podcaster too. <laughs> yeah, it's great. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we do too, right, Steph? <laughs> yeah, just, I guess everybody has a podcasting cousin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that uh, Blaine explains how Blaine explains what zombies are <laughs> to Drake. Like, you know, we're you know the Dawn of the Dead. You're, you're the ones on the outside of them all. And, oh, okay. And, you know, and that was that was funny too because he was totally like you know Jack from Secret Life was like yeah I get that I'm cool with it. <laughs> he also had, he also looked like he had a 44 and a 23 tattoo which are like if I'm not mistaken those are Michael Jordan's numbers for when he was a baseball player and from when he was a basketball player. Oh, interesting. I'm not sure if that was intentional, but I kind of hope it was. I was wondering because <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Were his real tattoos or not? Because he had a tribal Dude, I don't one think, on his. I don't know. I mean, he looks like the type of guy that would have that, like the tribal tattoo and the twenty-three and forty-four tattoos, just randomly on his body. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Was don't, he that he large on Secret yeah, Life he's, of a Teenage? He's he's a large gentleman. Um, he in one episode two, ha- he danced by himself in his room, and it was the goofiest thing that I've ever seen. And <laughs> he did it like three or four times throughout the show, and that's why it makes me think that they were not taking themselves seriously. <laughs> But whenever I think, whenever I see this guy, I, I like I picture him doing this like completely stupid dance, like by himself. He's like, "Oh yeah, dancing to some music," just completely awful. It was fantastic. I think we're gonna do that video clip. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're definitely. Have to dig that up, man. I will. I'd be happy to. I mean, I'd love to post that in our group. Um, and, and uh, Blaine also, you know, it's like he's got no patience at all to really explain. Like he knows how ridiculous this sounds. Like, yeah, you got to eat brains, you know, or you start to lose, you know, all the tropes. <laughs> um, and the last scene with Blaine is later when um, Liv and Robbie show up to collect on um, the tainted utopium. And we get the history of what happened here. Um this guy, Vic, lost his leg. He's called Pogo. Um, <laughs> because he lost his leg in Iraq, Afghanistan. Sp- yeah, he had a springy uh, fake leg thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That him and his buddy Larry, they swallowed condoms full of tainted utopium and were going to go mm-hmm. to Ibiza or, or something. And then they got 
taking. So here was my 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 question here. Okay, so we do we know what ha- how the utopium got tainted in the first place? No. Okay, so <laughs> honestly, what was going through my head when they were talking about this, like, because I was kind of confused. I, I was under the impression that the utopium that they swallowed in the condoms is what caused them to become tainted, and then that was like a whole another level of confusion there. Yeah. Because the funny thing is, is that the zombie virus has already been noted pretty explicitly that the zombie virus travels through condoms really easily. So wouldn't the yeah. tainted utopium do the same thing? Hmm. Right. I don't know. Oh, I didn't think about that. <gasps> so could they be buried but still alive? I guess Ravi's about to find out. Oh, that'll be so badass. So they, uh, you know, they dig up and all of a sudden a hand comes out. Oh my God. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I don't want anything bad to happen to Ravi though. No. He's the one digging in the the field, man. Yeah. We're not there yet. It's okay. There is a, some great, uh, great shots at the end of uh, of Ravi with his metal detector in the field, and then Liv standing on the roof. And who knows why she's there? It just looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I wasn't sure. Like, was are, were they implying that Donnie shot Drake, or or they were being chased by somebody, and then Drake got shot? Maybe that was. Maybe it's the latter case. I don't know. I was under the impression that it was Mr. Boss Man that was like his people shot him. And then obviously the reveal at the end of the episode made me question that more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny about that reveal. And you're talking about how we see Drake with Mr. Boss and he's like, okay, you know, okay, boss or whatever. And just follows him out the door. Somebody, I've read some reviews here and there. And somebody even said like, uh, well, obviously now Drake is now undercover working for Mr. Boss, you know, for Blaine. And it's like, you know, maybe, but they kind of made it seem like that. Like, that's kind of what the show was implying. But at the same time, like, he could also have been lying to everybody mm-hmm. on our side or whatever. How do you, our side? I'm, I'm, I guess I'm on Blaine's side in this crazy mystical world. <laughs> um, so, like, it seems like he's he's double-crossing them yeah. and actually being hired by Mr. Boss to do this stuff. Like, he seems... That's kind of how I really, like, under... Yeah. Like, the, the, the show is implying the, the, the former... But it really seems like that's what the undercurrent is. Yeah, because it seems, I mean, he seems so unaffected by the whole thing that it almost makes you think that this is this is him actually trying to become a zombie uh, under the directions of Mr. Boss for some unknown reason. No, see, I, I saw it totally different. <laughs> I saw it like maybe that Drake is... Mr. Boss's kid because he says let's yeah. go see Mrs. Claus okay uh, yeah. and Stacy Boss doesn't know anything about zombies at this point and I figure or does he? at, <laughs> at, at home Stacy Boss is going to be this, the zombie thing is going to enter his world mm. I don't know yeah well you know if it's if it's Mr. Boss who, who controls the utopium um and I guess would have access to the tainted utopium more so than anybody else does. And he doesn't know about the zombie thing. And if Drake is a zombie and you know he sees that zombies are real, it's like, oh, my God, my son's got a zombie virus. What am I going to do? Oh, wait, wait, this tainted utopium works. And that's how you solve season two. Damn See, it. I don't think anybody <laughs> – I think this tainted utopium thing 
was an accident and nobody really knows about it. Well, see, that's the thing. Blaine. That's 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 the story arc for for you know part B of season two, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole the information starts to spread to Mr. Boss and then he finds out and I said that's how we gotta go to it. There's your story arc for the second half. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said damn it, because like, ah, oh, that's all there. And once you uh, get the information, you know, you get the zombies, and once you get the zombies, you get the power. And when you get the power, sure. you get the women. <laughs> yeah. Wait, this is <laughs> It's Zombie Scarface. Zombie Scarface. <laughs> Maybe he's taking a note out of uh, Blaine's book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into the case, shall we? Um, we uh, got uh, Violent Night, where we do meet Mr. Christopher Allred, uh, a.k.a. The Fog. Saving, quote-unquote, a girl, <laughs> Mary. Yeah, I like this because we think Mary is the damsel in distress. And yeah. we find out later, you know, way, way later in the episode mm-hmm. that she is not the innocent damsel. Right, and this show is very much, seems to be anti the whole concept of damsel in distress, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how they're just like... You know, they're going to turn this whole superhero thing on its head a little bit. You know, what you're, yeah. you see this and then you think one way and think he's going to be the, he's the hero that's saving anything, everything. But really, it's just a couple of bad guys chasing another bad guy and then this poor innocent guy is going to get killed in the process. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I do love these, these opening shots in the teaser, how he's like on the roof and, you know, they, they, they playing that heroic music and, He's kind of turning to the sounds of this girl screaming. Um, I read also that uh, the symbol on his chest is uh, the naval symbol for dense fog. Oh, okay. I, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was provided by uh, Kit Boss, uh, one of the writers. And nice Smallville connection. He is uh, his, This guy is played by Jay Hindle, who was uncredited in an episode of uh, Smallville as uh, Mr. Queen, Oliver's dad. Poor Mr. Queen. Mr. Queen. Never gets his due. <laughs> um, I do like... Why do I, I keep saying um. I'm sorry, guys. So, so there's this uh, cheerful garbage man I like the next morning is just... Singing, here we go, whistling as he's emptying garbage. It's just like, that's the happiest garbage man I've ever seen. Um, What's the holidays? <laughs> and it's just the here we go, whistling out of all the uh, out of all the the standards. I don't know. Uh, so we at the we go to the crime scene. Uh, All Red was a shop teacher by day, um, crime fighter by night. Liv isn't impressed, but. Robbie, of course, is mad he didn't know about him. He's always yeah, there. and that goes along with uh, Clive's story. You know that Clive knows. You know we we know very little of what goes on in Clive's brain. So the police <laughs> know all about these vigilantes. Yeah, but nobody else does. Yeah. It's great. I had to take a note of Robbie's hair game. I know we didn't discuss the previous scene yet. <gasps> yes, I was going to tweet him and ask what kind of product they use on his hair. <laughs> it's really enunciated here because. The, the scene before, he he's being very sleepy. He's got his hair all down in his face. And then they just switch over to this next scene. And all the bangs are immediately up and perfectly styled. I just yeah. want to say, if he's listening, really appreciate the amount of work you put in your hair, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure he just sits in the chair. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> um, so, so Liv has to crawl in the truck to push the body forward into the body bag. Because he's not going to wait for the fog to roll in. 
<laughs> yeah, that that was really funny. And in the morgue, Ravi and Liv debate what good the fog actually did. And Liv, pre-brain, is uh, thinking it's just ridiculous. And Ravi says, would you say that to Batman? <laughs> And then, like some sort of crazed heretic, she says that if Batman were real, she would. <sighs> like, what? That doesn't even make any sense. Of course, Batman's real. And B, <laughs> why would you say that? Well, and okay. Also, um, in the like the last episode, they point out that I, I think it's when Ravi is explaining the brain, the way the brains affect live. He to major. That the last brain will hang around until she ingests the the next brain. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And so she's going to eat this shop teacher's brain. So they're wondering, you know, which will be the more dominant trait. It'd be a really boring episode if it was the shop teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, will she be? No offense to shop teachers. (laughs) Will she be repelling down walls or making a spice rack? And, yeah, this scene has some great inside jokes. I, Of course, Raul Coley is a gigantic fan of Batman. Uh, oh, he's lo- you know he's just relishing this yeah. episode. He just loves it. You could just <laughs> – all these lines he's, del- he's delivering. Oh, when she goes to cut the hero sandwich, and <laughs> he, like he accentuates the, the word hero. The hero. <laughs> <laughs> And the spice rack thing, uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but Diane Ruggiero Wright uh, tweeted that Rose actually made Raul a spice rack with the words Hollywood bad boy engraved on it. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if that's true or not, but that's hilarious if it is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And they work in uh, Vancouver. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so so after uh, after lunch, Ravi is checking out the utility belts. We have our carabiner hooks. I wondered what those things are because I have one on my purse. I used to keep keep my keys Use from it. getting lost. Yeah. It's to repel. Yeah. Or to keep you from losing your keys. Uh, or and the other day, I was <laughs> I was working in the uh, I was working in the concession stand in this. Uh, very elderly lady came up and she had one hook to her purse with her keys on. Yep. <laughs> oh no. I'm old. Yeah, if he was a classic put it on your shop teacher, he would have had use for that use like a big ring of keys next to his uh, hanging from yeah. the side, you know. Yeah, 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 teachers do. So a carabiner hook. Okay, so I know what that is now. Mm-hmm. A giant marble. <laughs> yeah, I love What marble. is that? Is that like for people to get tripped up and fall? Or to get, I, I I think what it was supposed to look like initially was like a smoke bomb, like a smoke pellet. But the fact that like just visually it kind of has that look of how Batman's you know Batman smoke pellets. But then it's just kind of like oh it's a marble. Um, so there's that little joke, and that could just be making that up. But that's what I interpreted it as. Um, the other part is yeah, you can throw it at somebody, obviously, mm-hmm. or you know to throw it at their feet and trip on them. Okay. Yeah. I, There's plenty of uses for marble. If she had, like, a pouch full of marbles, that would be cool, too. That's what I was thinking. A Everybody lot of carries around marbles, right? <laughs> Kevin McAllister style. Yeah. Uh, he has chloroform. Bring it back to Christmas. <laughs> he has uh, chloroform, uh, which is a little disturbing, and he has uh, duct tape. And then when uh, Clive comes in, she comes out from just eating the sandwich <laughs> And her demeanor is completely changed into, you know, 
Oh my god. I mean, just the whole I make time for justice and then Robbie's face like, yes! A, just, oh, no personal ass fast right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. This is one of those like moments in iZombie where I just want to put it in a frame and put it up on my wall. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure you guys talk about this all the time, but she's such a fantastic actress. Yeah. Like a friend of mine and ha- a friend of mine and I had this discussion on like Halloween. Um, the fact that she plays literally a different character every or plays a different character literally every week mm-hmm. is is really just fascinating and does it extremely well too. Yeah. Well, really, she plays three characters in this episode because yeah, yeah. she's still on the stalker brain. Mm-hmm. She's Liv and she's Chris. Allred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that right? Chris Allred? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Clive and Liv go to the Santa's village where uh, Mr. It's Mr. Boss's outfit here. Uh, and the outfit that he's wearing, of course, is Santa Claus. And he, they're there it's because the muggers, Carlos and Jerry, uh, were identified by the victim, Mary. Um, and they both actually work at this place. So, and this is kind of brilliant because if somebody is kind of like a underground criminal, that you either expect them, you expect them to be to keep a low profile and for nobody to really know about them. But this guy is trying to be, oh. you, you know. I love how the main villains of iZombie are all mustache twirlers, you know, <laughs> and and just and sweethearts too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this guy looks like he's such a nice guy. Like a, <laughs> I don't know if Vaughn is a sweetheart. Nah. <laughs> he's kind of a jerk. Um, but you know, this is classic like villain in a Christmas episode of a superhero show where you know the villain is. Out in the open and dressed up as Santa and stuff, and we and he's got his goons all dressed up like elves behind him. <laughs> yeah, it's very penguin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he kind of scoffs at them about asking about this superhero or whatever. And that's when um, Liv sees somebody doing tic tac toe in um, the midst of a car window and sees a hashtag and this hashtag hashtag. Uh, yeah, and Clive delivers that line great where she says, well, how do you get in touch with hashtag? Well, you hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> so does that mean you tweet him? Yeah. Or, or Instagram. Like, take a picture of your, your somebody stealing your purse and, like, you know, okay. hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> um, we also learned... Obviously, that doesn't make sense. But <laughs> <laughs> you at hashtag and then hashtag, hashtag, or maybe... Here's- Here's the thing, though. Like, honestly, um, there was a uh, – I used to live in Nashville for a while, and there was a local superhero, um, and he would actually take – well, I think he, he had been practicing during MySpace times also, so people would, like, message him on MySpace or um, – oh, and then Yeah, I know. But then with Twitter, like, he also would take tweets, and he was like, okay, I'm going with the tweets are. Then Right there? Yeah. So that's yes, that's legitimate. Like that's that's actually what these people do. You tweet them your troubles, and then they come to help. Wow! And they're like Prius or whatever. They do groceries. <laughs> I would hope so. Like for for elderly people, I would hope that they would do groceries. Yeah. You know, that would be that would be the actual you know local hero thing to do. Mm-hmm. Probably not though. Scumbags. Uh, we also find out another secret of Clive's in this scene that he's a he's a big fan of trees. 
likes noting that noble fur. Oh no! This is what happened because it, it tripped me up too. I was like, "What is that a joke? I don't get it." Oh, it's he, a dual meaning. Okay, because, oh, because like it's a- because it's noble and it's like large or whatever, and also the the the. Uh, the reference to superheroes being noble. Um, the other aspect is that they're actually noble furs. Like that's the name. Yeah. And they're really, really, the really, really expensive trees and they're really big and really thick. Mm-hmm. I saw some yesterday. Cause when they first arrived at the warehouse or wherever this is, mm-hmm. where the, they're, they, they walk past Clive and live with the tree. And the, some guy says that it's a noble fur 20, Feet, however many feet. I think Clyde kind of murmured that to himself as he was. And then at the end, uh, when they discover one of the uh, muggers in the tree, and uh, Robbie says, "How did we don't even know how he got up there without people seeing him?" And uh, Clive says, "Oh, twenty feet of noble fur, or whatever." Mm. So you're saying he's not a tree fan, or he's he's just repeating what he heard somebody else say? Yes, he's repeating what he heard earlier. Okay, I thought he was just repeating himself, but I could have been just taking notes and not understanding. Yeah, it took it took like the second or third viewing for me to catch that. Um, I again back to the mustache twirling. I I love uh, Stacy Boss's line here, where he's like, "Wouldn't want them to learn the truth about me that I'm not really Santa." Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Uh, and we have a nice little scene where Robbie's trying to figure out Liv's superhero name. Oh gosh, Mighty Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Super Dead, Mighty Whitey, Doctor Power, Dead Power, Doctor Dead, Snow Woman, and Old, old Scratchy. scratchy. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, this city needs more than a symbol. And he says, uh, just keep saying stuff like that. I'll follow you around and take notes for the graphic yes. novel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, the, we find out that from Hashtag that he was fighting the fog. Basically, just because he was mad he wasn't going to be on the super team. And, you know, big marketing, marketing opportunities with that. <laughs> and, I mean, that's a fair, that's, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. <laughs> and they bring uh, all the superheroes in. To find out that uh, there was a sh- there's a shipment of guns, but there was zero plan. Okay, some of those names were kind of lame. They did, I guess that's you just get lame names, but some of them were amazing. <laughs> Gray area Gray. and superfly. <laughs> yeah, blue swallow. Uh, so was that supposed to be kind of dirty? I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Liv says. You know, listen, listen to Clive. He's your Jim Gordon. I'm not your Jim Gordon. <laughs> he's right. not your Jim he's Gordon because he's, he's his own man. man. Yeah. Yeah. And then Kavanaugh's face when he walks into that room is great, too. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to the next chapter, which is great. One Tree Kill. Um, because Robert Buckley was on One Tree Hill. Yep. <laughs> and uh, at, we're back at the Santa's Village and that body, Jerry, is strung up in the, that noble fur. And he has a matchbook with Mary's address, uh, and he's, you know, these are definite things that Mr. Boss is famous for, slashing throats and, you know, no, uh, no witnesses, basically. No, but no, uh, no people that could possibly inform on him. So, uh. Yeah, Stacy Boss is not afraid to just get rid of somebody. Yep, yep. And, uh, so Liv has this vision when she was over with Blaine, the, the exploding 
I looked at the 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 uh, box in the top of the microwave. It was like a pizza ogi, like a pierogi pizza roll, I guess. Yeah. So when this explodes, she gets a vision of this guy shooting pumpkins gleefully with a minigun. Yeah, and then she says, "I'm afraid we have more important fish to fry, or more important danger, more dangerous fish to fry." Yeah. And then she disappears like Batman. <laughs> Or Angel. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, Angel definitely owes it to Batman, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that Carlos, they're looking for Carlos, who might be going to his cousin's house to get insulin, and uh, um, Liv wants to go after the guns. Clive tells her to wait. But when Kavanaugh inter- interrupts them to say Mary, is vi- Mary the victim, is taken, um, Liv disappears. And this is just such a great... <laughs> Oh, like you first see her up on top of the warehouse And the truck goes by and she's gone And you know she's like either on top of that truck And we find out she went underneath the truck Yeah and I like that music. she rappelled down from the bottom of the truck <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah for like half, three, half an inch yeah. Three inches yeah <laughs> And just that quick like She like she drops and then she's gone And uh, Yeah so uh, Carlos in the interrogation just basically you know, lets us know about the high stakes poker game. Mary robbed them. They were chasing her. Blah blah blah. Mary murdered the. So fog. she wasn't a innocent damsel in distress. No, Mary murdered the fog. Mister Boss is murdering those guys. So at the warehouse, this gun deal is going down, and uh, Liv knocks over a soldier, and that's when all goes to hell. But Liv does a pretty damn good job taking these guys out. <laughs> It doesn't hurt that she's like can't get hurt, though. right? Yeah, I actually, but in the midst of it, I actually forgot that she couldn't. You know, because like the way that the the show's being shot and it's kind of treating it like street level vigilante. Oh no, there's a possibility of them getting injured. Yeah. and then you're like, wait a second, but well, she just turned it. To, okay, so I heard, never yeah. mind. Forgot what I was shot. watching for a second. Yeah, it, you know it hurts her. It hurts really bad, mm-hmm. but she keeps going, and then she like chokes a guy out. Yeah, one gets the marble to the head, one gets the chloroformed, one gets reindeered. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the chloroform one was awesome. Yeah, you know? like just like boom, and then the uh, the rear naked choke too. Mm. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> Breaking out but, those MMA moves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, when she gets shot in the back, that's when uh, oh, I was just like, yes. She goes, I, I don't know. You guys want to do the honors? <laughs> no. What? I, I'm, I'm not sure. When she goes full on zombie, what she says. <laughs> I've been nightmare before Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she, that's when she puts him in the – sweeps his leg, beats him down, and puts him in the sleeper hold. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, this Mary's tied up, and we go to commercial. And it's like, why you, but bu- Mary, Mary, why you bugging? Because basically, she just saw Liv go full on zombie. But it's okay; she's bad guy, and um, she snow globes Liv to get the gun deal money. And when she goes to shoot her, that's when uh, Mister Boss intervenes and shoots Mary. You're welcome. <laughs> So Liv wakes up, guns are gone, and no thugs, no guns. No thugs, no guns, and Mr. Boss is a hero now, and he won't mm-hmm. charge her with trespassing. <laughs> and uh, I still would. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I love how they keep up the whistling theme too. He's whistling as he's oh yeah walking out of the interrogation room, but uh, and this is where we see Drake joining him. But uh, yeah, here's uh. One of our first heartbreaking moments of this episode was 
Clive, super pissed, you know, he said not to go in and she did and he should, he's kind of blaming himself because, you know, she's not a cop and they've been doing this whole thing. he's been treating her like she was. Yeah. It's just his irresponsibility. Yeah. And, you know, we've been questioning that, too. I mean, how many times she's in an interrogation room, like she's Castle or something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's a medical examiner. She's no writer. I guess she's got more of a right to be there than Castle. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. How does Castle ever get any writing done? Uh, I don't know. Ghost writers, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he says, I brought it on myself, you and me, this is over. And And that's all she has. Yes. This is her justification for eating brains. She's like, I've been raised to help. She also has justice on her side. And that's kind of, that's, that's honestly a part of like the, the, that end scene of her standing there. It's like, well, you know, I've been sitting here all day. I've been like, you know, I could see that, that route being taken by her, mm-hmm. you know, hypothetically is like doing the whole vigilante brain, right. but obviously that would only last for a month, but still, yeah. Or a week or so. I'm thinking months because of comics, but it's a week for TV. Yeah, that's true. Cause it did wear off in jail pretty quickly. So it's at least mm. a few days. Um, so yeah, Clive is like, sorry, Liv. And I got a quote here from Rob Thomas. He did a great interview with uh, Watcher Kristen um, from E! Online. And um, he's talking about Clive finding, possibly finding out what, you know, if he's going to finally figure out that she's a zombie. And he said that it's the genie you cannot put back in the bottle. Once Clive knows, he knows. And we can never play those fun beats of Clive not knowing again. So it's very much a topic of discussion in the writer's room. And we're going to learn that Clive has some insights that he isn't necessarily sharing with Liv. We'll hear about some of that soon, but if you think about it, just imagine you're a Seattle cop, and yeah, you're working with this pale blonde psychic. It would take a lot for you to go, oh, yeah, she's a zombie. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm really digging that. I'm really digging this stuff that Clive knows that we don't know he knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or these, these things about Clive that we don't know. Yeah, I like when he surprises us. Yeah. And I thought the tree thing was a surprise. Maybe it wasn't. Like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, a drink of coffee, and now it's time to talk Major. <laughs> okay, I do not okay. like to see Liv and Major fighting, mm. and we have to leftover from last week more fighting. Yeah, I don't. I don't like them. Like as an item, yeah. I don't. I just don't like them. Why? It, it, I don't know what it is, and especially a major this season. He's just always very just. Oh, he's so dramatic, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's so gritty. <sighs> like he's a fine he's a fine actor, and the character's fine. Like aside from her, mm-hmm. but like I cannot deal with them together. It's just it's just oh my god, drives me crazy. I was uh, I was definitely concerned. About uh, how I felt about Major after after this episode, but I mean we'll we'll, we'll talk it through. This first scene though is the is the fallout from Liv discovering text from Rita. So it looks like since we last last left them, uh, she w- must have woken right up in the middle of the night and admitted, yeah, yeah, I used my your finger to open up your phone, but uh, look at this, you know. And they fought for like five hours until morning. And uh, he does seem the, like the type to exaggerate, though. Yeah. Like, let's be honest and say so he's a, he might have been exaggerating with the five hour comment. Oh, that's true. Well, well, exaggerating the, major. Yeah. Uh, well, and the uh, the argument is just going around in circles because she is not rational. 
You think so? Well, he's not rational. I mean, you're right. I mean, there, there's the zombie brain there, but like at the same time, like yeah, there, there you have to explain yourself. Like there, there has to be some sort of explanation there, and it's not like he's not keeping secrets. I mean, yeah. he, he, he is comes, keeping secrets, but he's he keeping totally dif- different secrets than this. He's not seeing. Rita, Gilda, what's her name? Sure, sure. <laughs> he's, probably both. He's, he's not seeing her anymore. He's telling her the truth. Mm-hmm. But he's leaving out the whole aspect of, like, guess who she is? She's the person that probably wants you dead and works for this company that you're completely after. You know, like, there's a whole lot of, you know, secrecy there that is that need would need to be addressed before – you know, there there could be a trusting relationship between the two of them. And he's, like, coming off as the holier than now, like, saying, oh, no, I'm totally innocent here. Mm-hmm. Everything I do is okay. And it's like, well, no. Yeah. No, it's not, Major. You need to go sit in the basement. The whole thing is, you know, like, it's constantly coming back to, like, is this the brain talking or is it, you know, is that you? And I understand it's probably something he's still getting used to or whatever. And she's, she, she says it's both, you know. Um, and she's just She's got a right to ask what's, what's going on. Yeah, she screwed up and kind of went about it the wrong way, but still, he's keeping secrets. And uh, it does, it, it's hard to see Major act like this, knowing what we know about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did take it. it oh, good. It's, it's also that, 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 you know, allegory of, you know, the woman's being emotional. It's like, yeah. you're just being emotional. You need to calm down, woman. Yes. And it's like, no, that's not okay. <laughs> that's not okay at all. Yeah, is it your time of the month now, honey? Is that what's yeah, going that's, on? That's, I mean, Ugh. without putting it bluntly, that's exactly the argument that he's making. Yeah, it really sounds a lot like that. And it's, I just hate seeing Major like that. Um, and by the way, I did take a Twitter poll um, about the texting. Does Rita know that she's texting with Liv? Which I did... Um, um, tweet to Leanne Lapp about that too, and she ended up retweeting it. So that's cool. We had uh, uh, seventy-five votes cast, and sixty-four percent say yes, Rita knows, and thirty-six percent say no, she doesn't know. So interesting. Where do you stand, Robin? I think she knows. I think she knows. I think it's irrelevant. Like, not that it's it's a good question, but I think at the end of the day, she would do the same thing either way. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't know. I think uh, I, I think she, you know, the way she was portrayed, you know, in what Major was saying about her to Liv, and then she had to hear from Liv secondhand. It it didn't sound like her at all. Like she's desperate and she threw herself at him. I don't think she's like that. She definitely is a seductress. But um, I mean, we we saw what went down. Yeah, like we saw that that relationship. In its entirety, and that's definitely not what happened. Mm-hmm. Like she did not just throw herself at him, and it wasn't because he was in a dark place. Like that was the person that I mean, like that the whole workout scene, yeah, right. Like that was that was even post at that was post their break their the two of them's like sort of official breakup, right? Mm-hmm. Like with, with yes. Rita, Rita, and, and and dude, like that's mm-hmm. so. I mean, like he went back. So. I, there was something like that that I'm broke sure. the ice. The workout scene, yeah, I can't remember. Like I'm, I'm piecing things together. Um, but there was something after, like, he was like, I'm through with you, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's another ticket against Major in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's he's he's still lying about it. We saw the whole thing. Like, he, it was there was no throwing at anybody. No. She was a little forceful, but. <laughs> well, I mean, she came on to yeah. him. But, like, what, are, are, how are you going to demonize somebody for, like, no. 
expressing their attraction to you. Yeah. Like that's not that's not throwing themselves at no. you. You know, and that where's the responsibility? Like there's responsibility on both hands there too. It's I like just think that when you can't she, use that argument. When she heard that she was being portrayed that way, she was like, yeah, I'm going to make him suffer. And I yeah. know that him and Liv are together. And if I start sending things, maybe perhaps Liv will answer. And, uh, you know, the way I forget what Liv's texted back, but it definitely is like major wouldn't, you know, he had been like pushing her off constantly. So he, I, I'm sure he wouldn't have texted back. Like, I forget what's up. Who it is? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, it, yeah. Anyway. Um, so, uh, side note here that you're just talking about all things live in major, um, uh, the crime scene, we have a little, little snippet where, uh, uh, Liv is trying to justify her actions to Ravi and she's just so irritated that he's like, I don't even want to hear it. So, because, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the stalker brain is still, is still hanging around. Yeah. The other aspect is that he was hearing it for like, yeah. if we're going by Major's exaggeration, <laughs> five, five hours. hours. <laughs> yeah, and it's none of his business. He knows it's none of his. He doesn't want a part yeah. of it. Please don't put me yeah, he's friends with both of them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so we go to a hotel bar, and uh, this is an interesting scene that I saw one oh, way the yeah. first time, and then another way the second time. So, um, but we meet Natalie, and yeah, it was like, uh, oh no, did you know? Did Liv push Major so far yeah. that he is now He's on the lookout for somebody pick else? Up people. Yeah, yeah, that seems so out of character for him, though. Like that—that's obviously what they were going for, but it was like. Okay, well, I mean, obviously, then he's like, what, are they going to make him, like, a true scumbag? <laughs> yeah. But that's not that, – see, that's what I first thought, and I don't, I don't know. Did you guys just think that totally or – because that was how I first thought. But the second time, I realized that he's just going after another person on the list. Right. Yeah. Well, it was weird because, I mean, obviously, the, the show was trying to make you think that that was what was happening. Like, the, the first At one first. was happening. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's obviously what they were trying to go for mm-hmm. go with. Um, but at the same, because they also didn't preface it with like, oh, he's going after people again. Cause like, it's been so long, Yeah, you know, but I mean, yeah, like I, there's, you, you kind of had to think like, well, that you had to question that motivation because there was like, really? Like he's going to day drink and yeah, you know, yeah it came immediate. That scene came immediately after the fight. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I really like that actress. She was on Two Broke Girls and she's really funny. Yeah, this is Brooke Lyons. Uh I looked at her IMDb. She did lots of TV, but um she recently, if you want to see her, did uh three episodes of uh The Affair. No, thank you. I'm not into the second no, season. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> First season was enough for me. <laughs> it's an interesting idea. Is it like the slap? <laughs> Possibly, I don't know. I never what saw that the is. slap, but I saw the first episode of the slap, and that was—I mean, like it was bad, but it was so fantastic because, like, it was literally the whole show is based on like one character slapping a child, right? And it was hilarious. Yeah. Isn't it Siler too that slaps him? Yeah, oh, yeah. So <laughs> he should have hit his little finger. Like you jump, kid. <laughs> You've Cut got something I want. Brains. Um, Oh, back to brains. Okay. So, yeah. So this, you know, they have some cutesy talk and then this large guy uh, shows up and she goes off to meet him. So, you know, we find out later she's a zombie hooker. That was probably a zombie uh, John, I'd say. No, it was her zombie pimp. You think so? That's what they kind of seem like. I thought would have been her pimp. That's what I'm saying. They made that seem that way to you. 
Who knows? No, I, I think Blaine is because, I mean, okay. Let me- We've never seen his pimp game. <laughs> We've never seen Blaine's pimp game. But like we just- she says that she was a call girl who got turned by a guy that slept with her. And then the next morning, welcomed her to Team Z. That's the yeah. exact line. Like, yeah. that's uh... a Blaine. That you're supposed to think of Blaine. Right. I think she was there at this hotel bar to meet a client and then go, you know. That's so strange. Like, why would they just, that doesn't, from the the call girl aspect, it's like, well, you would go straight to the hotel room if they were there. Like, you would be, you would come there after they were there. That's just how Mm -hmm. the the logistics of these things work. Like, you go to the bar to be picked up or pick somebody up. Well, every time I pour myself out, you know, it depends on... (laughs) No, I mean, see, you know, like it's okay. We can we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to, you know. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no, I'm not definitely not afraid of the topic. As a matter of fact, I really liked the positive portrayal. Of, oh yeah, totally. Of like she, there's no like the only thing that's tragic is the fact that she is now uh, a sex slave. Yeah. yeah, she she was totally in control of her life. Yeah, she made she a ton happy. of cash. She went. She tra- did what she wanted she to traveled. do. Traveled. Work a little bit, and yeah. Whatever the other part was, that I don't remember. It's the fact that uh, you know you did all this, you know, photography or whatever. Um, but it's the fact that now she's and she has to do it for to, to live or to not lose herself. It, it, it's it's that you have to do it. Yeah, it's like you're not making the choice, and then therefore that's that that's where it becomes you know problematic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we. I, I got a double dose of uh, full-on zombie mode in this episode because we see her go full-on zombie when, you know, she stumbles and, well, Major tries to stop her from killing herself. He's like, don't kill yourself. I was going to kill you for you. (laughs) (laughs) Although technically that's not what he was doing. No. He's, uh, he's the boogeyman, apparently. That's what... he's, he's freezing him. Yeah. You know, he's taking care of him, waiting for the cure to come. Mm-hmm. But after, before he stops her from killing herself, he's watching her put up her Christmas decorations. He's in her garage going through her old photographs. Mm-hmm. Like some creep. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it just shows that she's a, not, she's not a person, but she's, she has a productive life. She's a, you know. Well, She's an almost human being. Yeah, uh, yeah, almost. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she starts talking about, uh, uh, you know, she didn't want to live anymore. She's been on uh, nun brains and dementia brains and and hunter brains for some strange reason. Wait, probably, me? I are you loaning out your brains to? <laughs> <laughs> and well, but with that it helps. And I don't understand. I guess it's because of the fight, but why Major is having such a hard time understanding Liv? <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, this is this is the whole relationship thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. you talk to your friends and you talk to other people and you gain perspective on your own relationship. So that's that's what it is. It's like you're too emotionally involved with the with the other person in the relationship. So that's a very much more difficult conversation to have. Um, and obviously, you want to understand that person, but it's so much you're, you're so invested in it um, with what you want and what the other person wants, and not understanding completely. So there's that communication breakdown. Yeah. But then having somebody completely outside of that, you know, like your Yoda, um, you know, to to sort of like clarify all of that. Yeah, I, I do like how you put that because, again, this is another place where I was like, 
really major? Because here he is. He's op- he tells her all about the list and about Max Rager. He and uh, he, you know, he says he won't tell Liv because whatever. It, he thinks that she'll think he's reprehensible and probably go off and get herself killed. Um, but he's also, you know, feeling empathy for Natalie and what she's going through. Um, and that makes her, makes him understand live more, but it live more, <laughs> live more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, on the other hand, it's like, why doesn't he getting this with live in the first place? Why does it take another girl to help him understand his, the love of his life more. He, she, obviously, he doesn't really know as well anymore. Well, that's the thing. Is like that makes it really confusing, mm-hmm. and so it makes it much harder. You know, ma- makes it makes her much harder to talk to you and to communicate with because yeah. like she's changed so drastically. Yeah, you know, and so that makes sense. It's like, and if you meet this other person who's already sort of there, you know, and and is able to say, you know. I was a vegan at 16 and I killed an animal. Like that's the most horrifying thing for me, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to explain like this, you know, this is the work that I do. And then the, you know, the guilt and shame that I felt as a result of this brain that I, in this brain that I, like, it's like, that really does kind of hit home, you know, mm-hmm. like that's something that, that makes it much clearer than Liv saying, you know, I'm on a brain and I can't, I don't, can't trust you right now. Cause I'm on a stalker brain, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know what you're talking about right now. I need to go kill a zombie. I guess maybe, maybe you know, we've seen you know a few different scenes uh, in the past couple episodes where I think they've been setting it up and showing how much live on a brain distances herself from Major, whereas you know he's actually able to have a heart to heart with uh, Natalie a, l- a lot easier. I don't know, but you know we don't see all the all the quiet moments that he has with Liv too, so. I don't know. I you, I just almost think like, why doesn't he have this conversation with Liv? Uh, because black magic. Black magic. Yeah. <laughs> Explain. Well, he, when, like when he came home that day, she's like sitting there like doing like oh, some yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. <laughs> It's like, well, she's doing an incantation. I'm going to let her do her thing. I'm going to go sit in <laughs> bed and you know snort my utopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I like it. I I like that it can be taken that way. I just feel like, oh, I wish. I don't know. I guess it's it's a good reason why um, Liv dumps him at the end of this episode. Yeah, forget him. <laughs> yeah, and the, see, that's the thing too. Is like I'm not I'm not Major's biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not again. That's not to say that I dislike him, but I'm not his biggest fan. Um, so considering that, with my def- f- defending that activity, you know, like mm-hmm. that's that's really like I think that that's a that's a fair assessment that they're that they're portraying here. That's great. What do you think, Steph? Wait, what you're defending? Well, like, do, do you think that Major? Uh, uh, were you upset that Major? It would. T- it took Major talking to having this long talk with Natalie to understand Liv. That maybe he should have understood Liv more. Or do you think it's completely natural that uh, that he would understand Liv by talking to Natalie? And okay, I'm. I, I see it two different ways. I see what Hunter's saying that sometimes you have to step out of the relationship that you're emotionally involved in to uh, talk it out and to get a, a fresh perspective on it and to see the other person's side. But also, uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, but also, where was I at? But also, okay, what do we know about Major? Major is super understanding and sensitive and 
uh, caring boyfriend. Yeah. Like that's who he is. And it was just, it was a, um, it was a nice, uh, uh, episode arc for him to be on. It was just a, it was just a nice, um, from a writing standpoint for him to talk to this character. Mm. And this was a great, this was a great character, uh, introduced it. Uh, so, yeah. but yeah, I think that. So you're, are you mad? As, at, are you mad at major at all? Or are you like, this sounds no. okay. This sounds right. I mean, okay. In the, the fight <laughs> at the beginning that we're seeing, she was, they were going in, in circles. They were arguing in circles because she was irrational when she would, should have just said, I am sorry that I used your fingerprint yeah. to open your phone to see, you know, um, like, I don't know why she was so mad at him. He didn't do anything. <laughs> Somebody texted him. He was innocent. He hasn't, he hasn't talked to her. He, you know, she said, you, uh, you could have talked to her from a landline. What landline? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what landline? That's crazy. She but he does being, talk to her. You know, like he, he, he does works talk her. to her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so he does see her. He's not interested in anybody else other than Liv. She has no reason to be jealous except that she's on crazy jealous brain. Yeah. He's, he's living more like a, like a Michael Douglas to me more disclosure deal <laughs> where he's being harassed by his boss all the time. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, anyway. Uh, we're talking uh, that, about. Uh, ah, that is a good. <laughs> you want to watch the disclosure later on Netflix? <laughs> I'm totally up for it now. All right. <laughs> I I like that Major's upgraded from freezer uh, to a bigger freezer. It looked like his last freezer. He just barely got Angus in that sucker. Um, <laughs> but uh, now um, Natalie got to like step into this gigantic refrigerated unit. All to herself, it looked like uh, some sort of like, like she was about to go. I mean, I guess she's going into cryogenic sleep, but not being shot yeah. into space or anything. It was like that uh, that scene from Scream Queens, where it was like one step down from, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis's great frozen bath thing. I'm assuming you didn't see that. I haven't seen it, Steph. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> It was just very, yeah, very. They're trying to make it very cinematic, very uh, yeah, visually. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Major says that you know he's sure there's going to be a cure, and she says she does not want to come back if there isn't one. So after all this, uh, after Major has this moment with uh, Natalie, um, he goes back. He's making mold apple cider. He's ready to, you know, really, really understand live now <laughs> and be the old Major that yeah. she was used to. But at the same time, like it was, it was the old major, the sort of like, I'm just understanding to be understanding. I don't really understand. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's ultimately like why I think she pulled the trigger on it because it was like, you don't really understand. And it's like, I get, and I appreciate that you were, you know, at least attempting this, but it's like, you don't get it. Don't act like you get it. Like this is something that's never going to change. And I think she, I think he really didn't understand how important that job was with Clive. He, he seemed to be taking it as she's eating brains and it's terrible because she has these terrible visions and right. terrible personality traits, but she's eating brains because she can help people. Right. And, and so if he's, when he's like, 
oh, we'll get you some, uh, I've heard some synthetic brains are being made. Uh, we'll start getting you those. And it's like, yeah, then I'll just be a, a zombie eating brains and not doing anything. Yeah. I might as well die. Um, so, you know, his, his offer to help doesn't show that he's understanding anything. Right. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, you love who I was. You tolerate me now. This is the new normal. We belong with our own kind. Dang. Mm. Uh, by the way, I thought this scene was going to be like, I saw this was towards the end of the episode. I was like, Oh shit. Major is making apple cider and lives apartment and Liv's going to come in and then guess who's going to walk in right after her. I always right. think that whenever they're there. <laughs> yeah. Like, she I'm like, this, home. this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. This is what <laughs> never, ever. She never goes home. She just. No, she, she just like, stays in the office and works on the Max Razor Major. Yeah, Rax, why can't I say that? <laughs> Max Razor formula. Or at her real house. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, Man, when he's when he's leaving and and he's like, you know, it's not going to be forever. Robbie's going to find a cure, and then and Rose McIver's delivery of just the word maybe is just. I was like, Ooh, I'm about to yeah, start crying because she's lost hope. Yeah, because uh, there is no hope. Why, <laughs> no Robbie? hope. Why? Why is that, Robbie? <laughs> why is there no hope? Uh, well, the next. I, well, I definitely. I wanted to talk. Put that on hold. Wait one second. I have another quote from the uh, big Rob Thomas interview talking about uh, Major and Liv. And he said, when I got my first job in television, it was on Dawson's Creek. Yeah. And the first lesson I learned was to get into a scene late and get out early. And the second one was happy couples make for bad television. <laughs> I know some shows have pulled it off, but particularly on a show about young people in their 20s, there's just not so much drama in playing a long, happy relationship. He says that um, he definitely likes them together, but wanted to show in these past episodes what a challenge that relationship would be. So, you know, he's. But that won't be that big of a deal. Why's that, Ravi? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we find out that the, uh, the, the rats that have supposedly cured uh, New Hope uh, reverted back into a zombie. After oh, 162 days, which is about five months, right? Um, womp, womp, and womp. and uh, the crazy thing is, I immediately thought of Liv's first conversation with Blaine and Grumpy Old Liv, where you know she's convincing him to help her find that tainted utopium, and it's like, well, what if the what if the cure didn't work? And yeah, the cure is not going to work. These these uh, these Blaine and Major are soon going to be turning back into zombies again. Which is yep. awesome for Blaine, Blaine storylines. But man, Major, uh oh, it's gonna be ah hell, and then Liz's gonna be like, hey, we can date now. Yeah, but it's like, nah, I don't want to date you. I don't want to be a zombie. But <laughs> season three, and uh, just Robbie's last line is, "If hope is indeed lost, what's left for our zombies to live for?" Right, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I wrote down the. Uh, Another one of the reviews that uh, I read was from io9, and their headline was, For the holidays, iZombie decides to destroy all hope. (laughs) (laughs) And I have so real. I have one more quote from uh, Rob Thomas. He says, um, To answer, uh, Will there ever be a cure? He says, Season three, just a straight medical examiner show. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there can be. (laughs) 
<laughs> he says there are spaces in between the cure not working and it working perfectly. There's room in between those two things. So yeah, three episodes from now we will not have completely cured zombieism, but there will be developments on the cure front. So that's like any medicine, really. I mean, like they never are real cures. Like the real cures you don't give to the patients, like because you want them to keep coming back. You know what I'm saying? So that's like the same thing. Yeah. Politics. <laughs> Yeah, see, I thought they cured diabetes like 25 years ago. Oh, they did. They just wouldn't <laughs> give it to people. <laughs> Wilford Brimley. All right. So <laughs> anything else to say on this episode? I, I mean, I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. I like Probably Love as a Superhero. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my, it's, it's, it's up there. Mm-hmm. I think the, the season one finale, like those last three episodes and then this one. So good. Um, yeah, I'd like to sit back and do a rewatch or something and just kind of see where I'm at with the, like, what actually is my favorite episode because I really should have one, but I don't. You know it's this one. Yeah, this <laughs> just, one's really good. Just accept it. <laughs> I yeah. do. You know, I was, sure. I was very, very excited about seeing Liv in this, as a superhero. I mean, I saw the publicity shot and I, was, I freaked out. And I did enjoy seeing her be a superhero, but I don't know if I'd. She want- was really good at she it. She was, but I don't know if I'd want to see that every week. I know it's something- no, of course not, because that's not what the kind of show this is. Yeah, exactly. So I'm glad. I'm glad we did it, and you know, I'm, but I'm I'm looking forward to the next brain. You know, it's just it's just fun to see. I mean, man, Tatiana Maslany, Maslany is is an incredible actress, and she gets a lot of credit. I really hope Rose McIver gets the same amount of credit because she's doing some great work on this show. We we miss Michalka though. Oh yeah, uh, her and uh, her and Leon Lap um, both missing from this episode, but we got some Blaine. So yeah, 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 Blaine's good. Um, do you want to stick around for feedback, Hunter? You know what? How long does feedback take? Oh, probably a little while. <laughs> I don't think so. I would love to, but I don't have the time. It's fine. Uh, well, but I do have time for justice. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell the audience about your podcast that you did. Well, which podcast would you like me to talk about? There's Air TV the Talk, um, which discusses the CW television show Arrow, which is now in its fourth season. We are in our second season, and it's my friend and I, Justin Vector. I am not Justin Vector. My friend is Justin Vector, and I can understand how that could be confusing. Um, also, we, we do have like a, a, a couple of podcasts coming down the, down the line. It's going to be a little more experimental with what we're doing and a little bit more fun, uh, not TV-based, not comic book-based. So we're, we're, we're looking to branch out, so we're going to have some fun with that. Um, if you can somehow find the Gotham podcast, not just Gotham, not the recent Gotham podcast, but the old Gotham Incorporated, uh, that uh, that feeds somewhere. Somebody probably has it on the <laughs> internet somewhere. Um, so if you can find it, get a hold of that, let me know. Um, because I would love to listen. You're looking to for it too. <laughs> yeah, I have no access to it. Um, and you can tweet me at twitter.com/huntercamp or Instagram at I am Hunter Camp. All right. Well, thank you, Hunter, for being on our show. I really enjoy this show. I enjoy iZombie. I am pleased as punch to be welcomed onto this wonderful podcast. <laughs> yeah, I have no love idea. To come back to any times. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> Because I, I would, this is a show that I would do. Um, oh yeah! But like for so long, like most of the people I know, like we're not watching this show, mm-hmm. and like so there was nobody I would have like started with. But I'm glad you guys are fighting the good fight, and I want to be back on more episodes. Okay. <laughs> okay. You will. Okay. Be. Thanks. 
we will talk to you in season two, part B. Hey, 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 perfect. We'll hashtag you. Hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> All right, see you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Hunter. Okay, so let's get on to feedback. Um, what do we want to do? We have emails, we have a voicemail, we have Facebook comments, we've got, we even got iTunes reviews this week. I just gotta get it all What? Out. Oh, yeah. Who's, who posted an iTunes review? Oh, you want, we'll start with iTunes reviews then. Start with that. Uh, not exactly, uh, all about Cape Town just yet. We'll talk, we'll let people pat us on the back for just a couple minutes. Ho- hope you folks okay. will stay tuned in. Um, <laughs> It'll be awkward. Okay. But uh, thank you uh, to anybody who gives us an iTunes review and please, uh, please just keep them coming. We love it. All, only five stars, only good reviews. Okay. Well, I'm not humble about it at all. I don't want people talking bad about me. Okay. <laughs> it hurts my feelings. It really does. We're yeah. very sensitive. Yeah. We are sensitive podcasters. Yeah. Uh, you know, before you type it in, just say, would you say that to Batman? <laughs> would you say that to <laughs> Batman? Uh, okay. So Rob MS Uni, uh, Rob, he wrote, excellent podcast. Just found your show. I'm an over the road truck driver. Always on the lookout for good podcasts. I zombie is one of my favorite shows right now. And after listening to the second season episodes in one shift, I'm hooked on this show now looking forward to interacting with the Facebook group. Thank you. And brain appetite. Thanks, Rob. Stay on the road. Um, the next one is MC Ha, and that person says, listen up. This is a great podcast. The hosts are warm, funny, and always entertaining. They have some great guests. If you like iZombie and or puns, you'll enjoy the listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's something I was going to ask during the episode. Is like, what would your superhero name be? Uh, and I know I came up with mine. Um, over on my other podcast, the Defenders podcast, and I just basically stole it from another superhero and said that I would just be the Punisher because uh, I I sometimes bust into puns and I lean into them really hard and it's just grating on everybody around me. <laughs> that is so true. I don't know, man. I would be boring. I don't know. <laughs> boring. <laughs> I'd bore people to death. I, I don't know. You know, I I do hear about you a lot is that accent. So, you know, how about just the accent and just have some sort of like grammatical accent as oh, your uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um let's see. The one with podcasts says, and that's our friend Josh from the uh, I Zombie You Zombie podcast. Thank you, Josh. Uh he actually commented on our previous feed. So if you commented on our previous feed, definitely update uh, our new feed with your review. Um, and Josh did here. He says, major and minor, listen to Robin and Steph. Why don't you? Robin and Steph are really great podcasters and more importantly, nice people. I know because I've talked to them and I've listened to every episode. The iZombie Universe has a few podcasts, but this is the one you should subscribe to first. Aw. Come on, Josh. And make sure to subscribe to iZombie, Zombie too. Um, and that's for me. Um, the next review is from Cynical Girl. And she says, what a fun podcast. 
And I'm not sure oh, if she's, we, okay. is she being cynical about that. Like, what a fun podcast. <laughs> no. uh, she's being a genuine girl here, I think. Uh, as much as I love listening to a bunch of Doctor Who podcasts, I needed to find a scratch for my iZombie itch. Robin and Steph are hilarious. And I wish I could oh. hang out with them and go over all the tiny details in this awesomely kick-ass show. I look forward to downloading season one episodes to spice up my drive time. Well, thank you, cynical girl. And uh, we wish we could hang out with you, especially if you think we're hilarious. Yeah. Hit us up. Yeah. Maybe we could make that happen. Yeah. Uh, as long as you just keep telling me I'm hilarious, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm your best friend. Um Heidi says, best iZombie podcast out there. And that's our friend Heidi. So thank you. She says, Robin and Steph love iZombie. And that comes across in their podcast. They have great theories and lots of fun. It's the only iZombie podcast I listen to. Thank Thank you, Heidi. Heidi. One more. And we'll stop patting ourselves in the back here. I'll quit blushing. (laughs) (laughs) Lori S88 says, awesome podcast for an awesome show. Robin and Steph are great hosts. I love watching the show, but listening to the podcast adds so much to the overall enjoyment. I sometimes miss the significance of some of the little visual cues and lines, and Robin and Steph are always so great at pointing them out. The interviews with the writers and actors have also been so interesting. It's great to hear about behind the scenes. Thanks so much for all the hard work. Looking forward to the rest of the season, and I will try to do more mobile app streaming to help those ratings. Thank you, Lori. And yeah, definitely help out in the ratings, folks. We need season three. Come on. Um, all right, so let's get into the actual feedback for the show. Um, Do you want me to read Jen Wins? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Jen writes Hey, Robin, Steph, and guest. Wow, so glad to be back with a jam packed episode. Even last week seemed a little light story-wise, but this episode was much more in line with what we've come to expect with an iZombie episode. Superhero brain has got to be the best brain. The scene at the end was amazing, and Ravi's glee at Superhero Live was perfection. Yes. I don't remember, was it uh, Clive or Ravi, who was at the barbershop with Liv in the, er- in the earlier episode with the gambler brain, or if it was Clive, why, did, why wouldn't he have told Liv who Mr. Boss was in that episode versus waiting until now when they were at Santa's Village? It was because the first time they went into the barbershop, it was Clive and, and Liv, and then she came back later, and that's when Stacy Boss was there. So Clive was not around when she uh, saw Stacy Boss. Well, well that's not... Totally true. Stacy Voss was covered up with some shaving cream, and he had his head in a towel or something like that. That's and then she peeked back in and that's what he was getting. The bed. Up, yeah, yeah. So I don't think uh, he knew. okay. Huh? I don't think he knew. Yeah, yeah. They weren't uh, all together at one time. Um, okay, so Jen continues. I really enjoyed Major and Natalie's conversation. I think it was great to have Major hear the chaos that these different brains can wage inside someone's head who isn't Liv. Not that it justifies Liv's actions in the least, but I think it was important to have Major come to his realization to make the breakup that more heart-wrenching. We knew that this relationship was likely doomed, and the breakup scene was so good and that much more impactful when we learned that New Hope was reverted back to being a zombie. How would you think Major... How do you think Major will cope with becoming full-blown zombie? Or do you have faith, P.S. Faith is Wicked Awesome, that Ravi 
<laughs> will come up with maybe not a cure, but a med cocktail con- to control can- uh, cannibalism. Oh, cannibalism. <laughs> Zombieism. Not, not a med. Hold on. Let me st- can I, let me start this whole sentence over. <laughs> it's it is now reached the time of the night where I need to be in the bed. Okay, how do you think Major will cope with becoming a full blown zombie? Or do you have faith? P.S. Faith is wicked awesome that Ravi will come up with maybe not a cure, but a mad cocktail to control zombieism. Yeah, um, I don't know. They, they have to find some way to put off Ravi coming out with a cure. Yeah, I almost wonder if that like is the the midway that Rob Thomas was talking about in his quote. Like, it's not the cure, but it's kind of halfway there. Maybe I don't know. I just i I want Blaine to be a zombie again because yes. I want him to be super dangerous again, and I mm-hmm. you know very threatening as a zombie. I mean, he was definitely mm-hmm. threatening as a human, but. Mm-hmm. Even more but he's just more menacing as a zombie. Yeah. And I just but I want you, some major you, zombie too. Yeah, but if you cure Liv, you you have no show. Right. So uh, what are we also doing? okay. Let me finish uh, Jen's hmm. email. Uh, also, I've given up on trying to figure out this zombieism thing. There's way too many inconsistencies and weird pseudosciencey things going on. Does Liv have an expandable <laughs> nail for scratching Wolverine style? <laughs> or snicked? Sorry. <laughs> Last week still didn't answer my questions about what Max Rager is using the zombies for. Just test subjects or developing a zombie army? If the DNA between humans and zombies is so different, why would they use them as test subjects? But that's sort of what I got from last week. Uh, but that's even too much for me to say SOD. Suspend your disbelief if uh, for those uninitiated. So I'm going to j- just uh, so I'm just going to ignore it all and hope it one day gets explained. Mm-hmm. Final question: What would you want in on your utility belt? To your last thing before that, I don't know if you hear this. Probably can't. It's me waving my hand, waving lots of hand waving going on. <laughs> what either to do with <laughs> zombieism or the cure? Man, I've talked it to death and. Uh, I don't know. I'm probably going to talk about it some more. <laughs> but right now, um, I'm just like, oh, all hope is lost. And something to do with Max Rager is something to do with uh, perhaps turning Vaughn into a, a super Hulk zombie at the end of this season or something to do with that. Um, I'm just thinking our our questions will be answered and I'm just going to let them tell them to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just feel like it's not that deep. Like, it shouldn't be. It, I mean, it, the, the television show shouldn't be so, so simplistic mm-hmm. that, you know, but it shouldn't be so difficult that you have to think so hard about it. Yeah, I mean, there, like I, like I've said before, I read a lot of reviews, and anytime there's some viewers are like basically anytime any mention any talk of the cure, um, uh, tainted utopium, or this Max Rager stuff comes up, their eyes kind of glaze over, and <laughs> you know, um, I can't say that has the same effect on me, but I feel like I don't have all the information yet. Um, yeah, yeah. We know as much as they want us to know. Yeah. What would I want on my utility belts? Um, hmm. My utility belt would have some earbuds mm. and my iPad yeah. and my phone and 
Maybe a pillow. A pillow? <laughs> like on the back so you can sit down? Or, uh, <laughs> no, a pillow I would take off and like put around my neck, one of those neck pillows oh. for, for like... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be too active as a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and since I'm known for uh, uh, hosting podcasts, I, maybe I'll just have a podcast mic and maybe like a router, <laughs> <laughs> so you can podcast from anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, our next message is a voicemail from Moira. And she writes here in the email, Sorry I'm so long, (laughs) but I had all the thoughts. Uh, So I'll just say that's what she said, uh, and play your feedback. Hi, Robin and Steph, and special guest, whoever you might be this week, um, when we're calling in. Um, Just a a little bit of an aside, I really enjoyed your interview with Debs the other week. I I just caught up on the podcast, and... uh, She's a very positive person. She sounded like a lot of fun for you to chat with. And, um, yeah, good job. I love it when you get some of the actors in um, from the show on this podcast. It's pretty awesome. So highlights for me this week on this episode. Um, With respect to the case of the week, I actually thought it was a neat little twist that the uh, victim turned out to be, in fact, the perpetrator. And Stacey Boss is one cool cucumber. Uh, yeah, he's oh, he's intimidating. Obviously not because of his physical stature, but because he's such a psychopath. He has absolutely no compassion for anyone. And he's just, he's crafty, he's intelligent, and he's ruthless. And him dressed up as Santa is a bit of a stroke of brilliance, really, because that's just creepy on so many levels. I, I quite liked what the show did there. And Stephanie, you're getting your wish because of the breakup scene. And, you know, I think the show is more interesting uh, with there being some angst between them and some uh, some tension, some friction. So, um, and I don't mean crazy stalker brain friction. That was painful. That was painful to watch. But anyway, having having the two of them broken up is uh, probably for the best. I think it just makes the show more interesting. I found Ravi absolutely adorable when he was geeking out over the Cape Crusader guy's utility belt. That was so cute. Ravi's geeky moments, whether it be uh, about magic or whatever it is, he tweak it. He's just so cute. He's so adorable. It's one of my favorite little little gems, little little bites to nibble on in every episode. Um, a notable absence of Peyton in the last two episodes. I miss her. I'd like her back. Just yes. putting in my two cents. That's just on my wish list. Thank you very much. And, hey, enormous reveal at the end with respect to the rat. So this means we're now waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're waiting for for both Blaine and Major to revert back to the zombie state. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, Which makes Liv's uh, comment about like should stay with like all the more interesting, doesn't it? Because they may yet end up as a zombie couple. I don't know. Which might make Stephanie horrified. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But maybe that would be better than all this crazy friction and angst. Anyway, finally, um, the breakup, so to speak, between Clive and Liv, which uh, 
That's really interesting. I wonder where they're going to go with that. I mean, is it possible that it lets us, uh, lets the show be a little bit freed from the case of the week because we're going to get to see interactions with Clive in a different way, maybe? Hmm. Or maybe not. I mean, Liv has to eat a brain every week, so I guess she's got to solve a case, but does she solve it without Clive? I don't know. It'd just be interesting to see where the show goes with that. I'm not quite, um, I'm not quite figuring out what they're going to do. Like, I'm, not, I'm not good at predicting where that's headed. But um, but it made me sort of sad when Liv said, you know, that's what gives her a reason to, to, to carry on, to be able to bear, I guess, being a zombie. And you put that in contrast with our hooker zombie, who, when she started really painting a, painting a picture of what it was like for her, it was unbelievably sad um, and depressing. So, yes, yeah, so live without a purpose would not be a good thing. So, yeah, they've left us on a bit of a... Um, you know, a bit of a cliffhanger, haven't they? Which is which is good, which will make me keep watching. So, yay, all good. So, overall, I like this one. It ramped things up a bit. Um, uh, so, I'm going to give it a decent rating, a good, solid... Let me see. I'm going to give this one eight and a half zombie hookers on ice out of ten. All right, till next time. Bye. All right, as usual, I mean, we'll uh, raise that to a 10. Thank you, Moira. What are you going to say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not that I enjoyed seeing them breaking up. I, I didn't enjoy seeing them fighting, and I didn't enjoy seeing them breaking up. Uh, and it's not that I hated seeing them together, but I guess, like Rob Thomas said, a happy couple on television is a boring couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It just wasn't as it just wasn't as satisfied as satisfying feeling. I didn't have a, a, as much of a satisfying feeling seeing them together as I had expected to. Yeah, and you know, you wanted him to be a lot more understanding too. Um, yeah, but oh well. Um, we have some Facebook feedback on our Facebook page. Uh, Robert wrote, uh, what a great brain of the week. Super live looks great in her outfit. Robbie was pretty excited. No spice rack then. LOL. I rate this episode <laughs> nine hooker zombies. Wow. Lots of hooker zombie ratings today. <laughs> and, uh, Robert, like Moira, I will, um, I'll raise that one hooker zombie and now it's a 10. So there you go. Um, Let's see. Oh, I, I was going to read Marissa's. Marissa left us a nice long uh, uh, feedback in the Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash groups slash Podcast if you want to join us. Marissa says, iZombie certainly left us with a lot of things to discuss during the winter break. Diving into this episode, Blaine created a zombie hooker. I'd love to say that's a new low for him, but sadly, it doesn't really move the needle. <laughs> Um, if she's getting paid in brains, I wonder how much Blaine is charging her clients for those services. You can't blame her for wanting to end it all. I really enjoyed their interactions with her and Major, even if he should really be talking about it to live. So it's one more body for the enormous freezer until the cure comes. Speaking of which, New Hope is back to being a zombie rat. Apparently Blaine and Major should enjoy being human while they can. Although I guess this will lend some urgency to the work on the cure. 
In the meantime, Liv faces the consequences of her going too far with the case when Clive cuts her loose. I would be just as devastated as Liv. Maybe this will be the catalyst for Clive finally finding out about Liv being a zombie, although I doubt it. There's way too much mystery still for Clive and Dale to explore to waste it on getting Liv and Clive working together as they appear to be in the trailer for the next episode in January. Uh, reeling from the news from Clive, Liv breaks up a major again. I am hoping, uh, holding out hope for these crazy kids to make things work, but I'm thinking happily ever after won't be anytime soon. At least Major knows why this time. And finally, Mr. Boss continues to be chilling. I wonder if he knows about zombies as his guess that, and has guessed that Liv is one. It seems like something a crime overlord might know about his city. Uh, one last comment. See, I don't, I don't feel like he knows, but he's about to find out. Yeah, I think, I think he knows. Oh, okay. Oh, our first disagreement. (laughs) Uh, We don't disagree. Um, (laughs) This is one last comment. If you have time and can find interesting people, I'd love to hear a iZombie podcast roundtable about this season so far. I know there are other good podcasts about iZombie. I just don't have time to listen to more than this one, so it could be fun to hear what others think. Hey, listen, Marissa, you're just ordering us to make podcasts because you don't want to check out some other ones. Well, listen here. Uh, I suggest you do check out iZombie, you zombie. Um, uh, I think we're, uh, you know, they like calling us our their, their sister show on, uh, on their show, and I, uh, that's fine with me. We can be sisters, I guess. Um. <laughs> But uh, I think they're a good companion. I love listening to them after I'm done um, recording ours. Um, and another thing is, uh, you know, again, pick up that iZombie omnibus. Read the, read the comic. Listen to our old podcast. Um, we're really going to enjoy this holiday break, me and stuff. I, I think uh, <laughs> we're just going to catch up on other podcasting <laughs> things. So... Um, but no, I, I don't think we have anything really planned during the break. It's it's, it's a really short break as it is. Um, iZombie's not coming back until January 12th. Um, so that's less than a month. So, right, Steph? Yeah, it'll fly by. Yeah, yeah. And the holidays, it'll be really quick. Um, Kevin writes... Another emotional gut punch episode between the major and Liv breakup plus Clive basically breaking up with Liv. Damn, I hate, I love, I hate, I love the writers. They're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Jim says, then there that last bit. I think that's a sentence. Um, uh, but I, and then there was that last bit. Oh, okay. And then there was that last bit. Yes. Yes. Oh, no hope. There's no hope. Um, and Kevin said, says, anybody got a TARDIS so we can jump to January 12th? <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for that awesome feedback. And I appreciate all you that are still listening now and um, appreciate an extra long iZombie podcast episode before we go into this uh, long winter break. Which won't be very long at all. Um, let me read to you what's going on next time. Um, like I said, uh, the episode premiere is January 12th. And I did count out the episodes. Episode 10 is that episode on January 12th. And we have 19 episodes. So I counted out the week. And it looks like if we don't take any more weeks off, our season 2 finale will be March 15. And just think how quick that'll come. Ugh. 
So episode 10, the title is Method Head. Um, there's only been a trailer released for it, uh, but at the bottom of the trailer, it does say they wrote down, um, Liv gets in touch with her inner actor when investigating the murder of a genre Ooh. star. And it looks like we're going to get, uh, is it Zombie High? Zombie High is the show that they're... Oh, that's going to be so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> Oh man And so yeah Thanks everybody for listening And really have a happy holiday Whatever holidays you celebrate Or if you don't celebrate at all Have a happy few weeks off And just you know Take it easy (laughs) Um, I hope you all get uh, Truly what you deserve Um, (laughs) That's that's a positive What you deserve by the way Um, Steph anything else You want to say to the listeners Before we sign off Mm-hmm. No. no, I don't think that's it no. Okay <laughs> Steph has no words for you uh, <laughs> Alright, well um, Steph, you and me this, uh, this strange podcasting Relationship, it's over it's Until we come back in January Okay Bye Bye the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please, do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Thank you for listening to our show. Obligatory contact information in three, two, one, go. You can follow me on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow me as well at L. Robinero. If you like what we do, check out our other podcast about the Joss Whedon show, Angel Redemption Cast. Find us at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. I also have a third podcast all about the Marvel Netflix television series. The Defenders Podcast. Find that at DefendersPod.com. Like us on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash iZombiePodcast. Join our Facebook discussion group, Facebook.com slash groups slash iZombiePodcast. You can find those links and more on our home on the web, iZombiePodcast.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Use those delicious cerebellums and make sure you leave it on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're out. Brand Appetit!